ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of The Other Identity. I am, of course, one of your hosts, the great Landis, and along with me, as always, Professor Awesome himself, Ben Morris. Ben, how's it going? Oh, hi. Hey, hello there. How's it going? Uh, I didn't expect it. No, I did. Um, we do this at the same time every week, and it's the highlight of my week. Hopefully, it's the highlight of your week, and when I say you, I mean both the great Landis as well as our audience. I'm doing good, man. I'm hanging in there. Um, interesting times in Las Vegas. I don't know what the story is in your neck of the woods, but we've got, uh, as we record this, we've got our governor coming on this afternoon to kind of give us the, the layout of what's coming next. And what I love, Robbie, and you'll appreciate this, is that every time, whether it's national or local government comes on and starts talking about how we have different phases to come out of this, uh, this pandemic, I always of course, picture it as the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, at the end of phase one, we get Avengers. So that's not so bad. So, you know, that's how that's how I'm keeping sane. Uh, yeah, I've, well, I'd like to, first of all, apologize for anyone. Um, I'm going to do my best to rein it in here, but uh, my allergies have been going crazy today. So if I right. accidentally sneeze into your ears, I apologize. Um, I have it on good authority that you cannot correct, you cannot contract any diseases through listening to an audio track. That is track, correct. So we should uh, it's fine. also not so a disease. It's just allergies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to catch your allergies. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> is, that not, is that not how science That's works? Not how science works. Uh, you know, speaking of something that I didn't expect to work, uh, you know, uh, these past few episodes and sort of our little quarantine update here, you know, you've been talking a lot about stuff that you've been reading. And while I have still been going through the DC uh, you know, Rebirth Aaron reading a bunch of stuff. There hasn't really been anything that's really stood out to me enough to to inspire me to want to talk. Uh, but one of the series that, that I did start, read through the first arc, and that actually surprised me how much uh, I enjoyed it was actually Red Hood and the Outlaws, uh, which is a team-up of uh, uh, Jason Todd, Red Hood, uh, Artemis, a ex-Amazon, or I don't know if she's considered ex-Amazon or not, but, it, but an Amazon, and I mean, can you be an ex-Amazon? Isn't that like her, her, her I, I, race? Yeah, Isn't that's that right. Yeah, but I mean, like, like she's been cast out, at least. That, she's, that's, not a, she's not actively Amazon, I, but I think yeah, she's, I don't she's know. still an Amazon. I don't know. But then also, yeah. uh, Bizarro. And if you would have told me, hey, I'm going to take three, these three characters and we're going to do a team-up series with them, I'd have probably looked at you funny. Uh, yeah. But... I, I have to admit, and, and especially out of those three, my favorite character so far, just to see the sort of trajectory that they have him on, uh, is Bizarro. Uh, That's shocking to me, because <laughs> if, ever, if ever there was a comic booky Silver Age concept, the kind of imperfect clone of Superman, a character who you don't particularly like anyways... Um, I can't believe that Bizarro is is hitting your hitting your fancy. Have so have, have so you read Red Hood and the Outlaws? I have not, and now I feel like jumping ahead <laughs> to check it out because I I well number one I love that lineup. I remember when I was I tried Red Hood and the Outlaws out when it was still a New Fifty Two title, like way back. That's and right. That yeah. was like that was Jason Todd, uh, your favorite backwards hat, Roy oh, Harper, great. <laughs> and um, and Starfire acting super out of character as well, and that. That book was yeah meant, yeah but, I could see that I could see that, but that's a much more intriguing lineup. I've always loved Artemis because I'm a child of the '90s, and in uh, the '90s, Artemis replaced Diana as Wonder Woman for a for a hot minute, 
And then um, Bizarro, hey man, nothing wrong with Bizarro. So it's really just, uh, if he's writing a good, and I believe that's Scott Lobdell writing it, who is one of my favorite writers. Um, if he's writing a good Jason Todd, I'm, I'm in for it. Uh, yeah, let me just double check right here to see see who it is writing it. But, uh, you know, I don't, like, I don't want to, like, spoil anything for you. I want you to just, like, kind of go in it completely fresh. Uh, and, and you're right. Yes, it is. It is Scott. Scott Lobdell? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, man, I'm telling you, out of everything that I've read so far in Rebirth, uh, I, I did not in a million years expect to be so intrigued by Bizarre. You know, it, it, it's great, too, because even in uh, the Detective Comics story where Batman right now is trying to, like, or, or is in the middle, midst of assembling this Bat team, Clayface mm-hmm. is included in there, and oh, yeah, through yeah. the uh, the first Victim Syndicate arc, out of all the characters, Clayface had some of the best writing in all of DC that I've read recently. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Good for you. It seems like you're really taking to these kind of misunderstood monster characters. I'm uh, I'm not. If I were a psychologist, I would probably dive deeper and try to figure out what that means <laughs> about your uh, your psyche. But as your as your friend and co-host, I'm just excited that you're enjoying. Good yeah. Time. Well, what about you? Is there anything that's really uh, stood out to you, wh- whether it's from the the Rebirth Era challenge that we're doing or from uh, anything else? I, I saw that you uh, had an interesting quote uh, about how some of your early Marvel or, or, or early superhero favorites, such as Hawkeye and, and Wally West. Uh, suddenly are, are, are having some great stories, wherever it is that you're reading right now. So let me jump to that in a second. But first, let me just give an overview of where I'm at in Rebirth. I am heavily in my green period, meaning I just finished the first arc of Green Arrow, Dynamite, which I know you liked as well. Uh, Benjamin Percy wrote that. The art, oh my goodness. The art by Otto Schmidt and Juan Ferreira. Uh, they did both pencils and colors, and that made a huge difference. And then I just started one of your favorites i know and that's green lanterns yes um which i'm only a couple issues in but man it's jessica cruz is just the best she yeah she's just the best <laughs> she's she's the best green lantern i mean a, a, a number one great strong female character but also like the the avenue that she's been given this ring where she's supposed to overcome great fear but her greatest weakness is that she has crippling anxiety that's money that's that just is wonderful and makes her so relatable and endearing and just great um, on the flip side of the coin, yes, I read, I've been reading 70s Marvel stuff, uh, just because, why not? Um, I'm just trying, I'm trying to go year by year through Marvel, and I'm actually using a friend of mine, his name is uh, Tim Capel, shout out on the show, who uh, created a reading order for what he calls the Marvel Age, and there's actually a Marvel Age podcast that he and some buddies do, but I'm following along with them, so it's like the quintessential issues from each year. We're currently in 1973, and... I have always been a fan of Clint Barton, Hawkeye, uh, charismatic, smarmy dude who I just always thought was the best. And God, he's just so terrible in the 70s, uh, in the 60s and 70s. I don't know when Hawkeye got good because he's just <laughs> this whiny, like he's always pining over whether it's Scarlet Witch or Black Widow. He's always like, oh, I'm so in love with you. Oh, you're with somebody else. Oh, everything's terrible. Ugh. Just whining and just like just the, the worst and just like misogynistic. I didn't realize how just, good we had the MCU Hawkeye. Dude, the, he's uh, I the MCU Hawkeye, I think is more and you'll be familiar with this. I think is more based on the ultimate Hawkeye. Yes. Yes, um, he is. And I, uh, and uh, I think although he sense. also gets because uh, uh, because the, the moment like the Hawkeye moment that sticks out the most in my mind is from the the ultimate run uh, 
when they find out who's behind the death of his family and he goes into the yes. hospital and just murders them. Uh, yeah, it's that's a uh, <laughs> that's a it's a give or take yeah. moment right there. But yeah, I, I am I am not loving these old school Hawkeye stories and it, it's a shame. And then yeah, as much as I am loath to admit it, and as much as I'm sure you're thrilled to admit it, <laughs> as I um, make my way through New Teen Titans by Marv Wolfman and George Perez, which I've read before. Like I own all these issues, but I'm rediscovering them with kind of a more learned eye and ear. Um, Wally West is not does not fare well in those early <laughs> um, New Teen Titans stories. Just again, again, you know, I think the thing is the common theme here is the whining. I can't deal with superheroes who are whining. You're superheroes. Just, you know, enjoy yourselves. Have a good time. But his constant, like, oh, I don't know if I want to be a superhero. I don't know if I want to go back to my small Midwestern town. Oh, I'm in love with Raven. And just, yeah, dude. I, I it, As I said to you when we interacted on Twitter, this does not take away from all the wonderful Wally West stories that I've read since by the likes of Mark Wade and Jeff Johns. But it's certainly very difficult to... Uh, take a liking to this wall. Well, again, it's all about finding a balance, and we've talked on this show so many times about what is it that really draws us into superheroes, and it's not just the power, it's 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 seeing ourselves in them, and obviously, we all do our own fair share of whining, but again, for for me, the, the excitement and, and the true joy of reading these stories is then watching the heroes overcome the same sort of issues that we do so when they're constantly whining all the time it's a big drag but you know the balance and finding you know a little bit of whining and then finding how to get over that problem or deal with whatever it is that they're dealing with that's where the where the real magic happens to bring it back around and to supplement what you just said that's one of the reasons I've, i've taken even after a few issues so quickly to jessica cruz because she has all this adversity she has to deal with she has her anxiety she has to deal with, which I can absolutely relate to, but she pushes through and gets the job done. She'll, you know, express her fear for a moment, but it's not 22 pages of her saying how horrible everything is and then, you know, giving up, which I felt like is what I'm getting with Hawkeye and with <laughs> Wally. And it's just like, I feel so betrayed by my favorite characters. Oh, it's just, it's, it's a whole Yeah, thing. Uh, there's actually a lot of similarities uh, between Jessica Cruz and my girlfriend, Katie. Like the amount of times that she, that, that. that she would do something in real life. And then I'll be looking at the pages and Jessica will do the exact yep. same things. Like there's, there's the finger guns that they both do a whole mm-hmm. lot. Or uh, one of my favorite Jessica lines in your quite a ways away but there's one point later on in the story where you know her and simon are in a tough spot and she's like i just want to go home and like you know cuddle into my bed and you know check in on my pokemon or like cuddle up to, to my charizard or something like that and you know katie has plush uh pokemon sitting in our bed right now so uh yeah she's makes me a fan, makes me a fan of <laughs> yeah, katie definitely definitely one of my favorite uh we'll actually be talking more green lanterns not today but coming up yes. in a future episode very, very soon. So definitely look forward to do, that. Do, do. Stay tuned. Yep. And actually, we're going to be diving more coming up here uh, uh, in the next segments into more of the Marvel or, or sorry, the, the cinematic side of, uh, of comics, uh, talking a little bit about what comic book characters we'd love to see done that haven't been done yet and fan casting them ourselves and then wrapping up the show today. Uh, talking about some characters that we would like to see recast whether they've uh, just vanished from the cinematic universes or maybe they're not really doing the best of jobs with who they have but that's coming up next so stick with us
Hey, it's Weird Beard from Checkpoint XP reminding you to make it blue. Help say thank you to our heroes on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether you're streaming, drawing, singing, cooking, or anything else, showcase your talents and hashtag light it blue. You can find more information at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for sticking with us here on The Other Identity. If you have not done so already, you should be following us over on Twitter and Facebook. That is Checkpoint XP on Twitter and Facebook, as well as well as Robbie underscore Landis CP and Ben J-M-O-R-S-E. We talk about comics daily. Uh, we put up cool uh, uh, panels of what we're reading. We put up audiograms of clips from the show. We'd love to engage more with you guys, and uh, who knows, if you do so, we might actually shout you out on the show for example last segment there we talked about how great jessica cruz is and a friend of ours on twitter greg phillips uh said that she is one of the uh best additions uh, of new characters to dc in recent years definitely something that i'm going to agree with yeah but greg is uh, also a hal jordan fan so I don't know <laughs> particularly particularly when it comes to green i Man. think that means we can absolutely trust him uh Anyway, so uh, what we're going to talk about here in the second segment is uh, obviously uh, comic book movies are in the best place that they have ever been in. We are in the golden age of comic book movies, uh, even when it comes to DC, in my opinion, they're as good as they've been. So what I want to do here, though, is talk a little bit about some characters that we have yet to see uh, on the silver screen or even on the small screen and who we would like to see play those characters so ben i'm gonna go ahead and let you go first who's a character that you'd love to see on screen and who would be able to best portray them this was a challenging exercise to say the least and it's because of exactly what you just said between over 20 marvel cinematic universe portrayals uh multiple x-men movies spider-man movies fantastic four movies everything from dc every cartoon every tv show every everything there are very few characters left who have not had some sort of representation on the big or small screen. But fortunately for me, my very favorite Marvel character has yet to make an appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, kind of. And what I mean by that is we have seen in Guardians of the Galaxy, we saw the Nova Corps, and my favorite character uh, in all of Marvel is Richard Rider, Ooh. the original Nova. And he is an Earth-born Nova. I love Sam Alexander too, but I'm always gonna be a Rich Rider guy. Um, Rich Rider was my favorite character growing up. I loved him because he straddled the line between Peter Parker, who was kind of this you know, nerdy, put-upon uh, intellectual, and then you had on the other hand someone like Hal Jordan, who's a super cocky fighter pilot. Then you had Rich Rider, who was right in the middle of those two. He's just a normal, dude trying to do his thing uh there's a magnificent story i mean he was 
He was in my favorite comic as a kid, New Warriors, but then there was a magnificent story around the early 2000s called Annihilation, uh, where he was basically reimagined as this almost like uh, this, this fish out of water earth cadet who gets thrown into the middle of a space war and has to grow up really quickly. So there's some great Rich Rider stories out there. So we haven't seen that Nova in the MCU. We or haven't, really but who would no. play him then? I got him. I got it. All right. So I got it. I got it. So this is, uh, this is a little bit of a cheat because this is someone who I became friendly with during my years in comics. But um, are you a Friday Night Lights guy at all, Robbie? Okay, so Friday Night Lights is one of the best TV shows ever. And the guy who played uh, Jason Street, the, the original quarterback, is a dude named Scott Porter, who I am a huge fan of and even would consider a friend, even though we haven't spoken in a few years. Um, but we did interact a lot when I was going to conventions on a regular basis. Scott is a huge comic book fan, but more than that, he's just great at playing that like kind of earnest, honorable, regular dude. So the only concern I have is he may have aged out of the part at this point. Oh, ooh, this would probably be a better I, casting a few see, years I ago. See, I actually disagree now because I actually, and, and I don't want to spend too much time on him since you picked me up, but I also had Richard Ryder on my list, right? No kidding. I did. Oh, that's awesome. And I also went with an older actor specifically okay. because I think that there we, we, we don't have as many older uh, uh, actors portraying right now, right? Or, or, or specifically yeah. portraying older versions of of the characters i went yeah and, and i went with yeah. uh with nathan fillion actually because first oh, there of all you go. okay i i full-heartedly believe that he deserves to be in the mcu but if i remember sure. correctly nova's uh origin or background uh the nova core get their power which you know from a, a source that basically kind of divides that power up amongst the entire core so when the nova right. core is wiped out and he's the last one left all of that power goes to him is that correct correct that is you, you okay got so the reason that i think this story would be better told through the eyes of someone older who's been through a lot in life, who who has been through, you know, several different sort of complex situations, knows how to process those complex emotions. You'd be able to draw it back to, you know, different times in their life where, where they've had to deal with other sort of big problems and stuff like that. And I just, you know, seeing Nathan Fillion, you know, whether it was in Firefly, whether it was in Castle or now in The Rookie, the guy has such range and he deals with emotion and and just loss and and all of these different sort of complex uh, uh situations that that we as humans let alone as superheroes can get into i just think that he would do a phenomenal job with it hey i got no opposition to that i love nathan fillion and obviously i love rich rider so i want to see him on the big screen um yeah i'll still throw a shout out though for for scott porter he's uh He's voiced Cyclops in a bunch of animated shows. Um, he's, he's definitely got the nerd cred, although no one has the nerd cred of Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Nathan Fillion is, of course, universally beloved by any any geek everywhere. That's, that's the other thing that I've noticed with all of my picks, because I feel like uh, it's something that always shines through. When you have an actor who has a passion for the character, right? They were a fan of the character right. beforehand. That's always such a winning formula. You know, we saw it, uh, I think, best with... Uh, um, Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, but uh, uh, one of my picks, Anna Kendrick has said before that she would love to play Squirrel Girl. Yes. And I see it. Like, every time I see her, I just think that that is a picture-perfect casting. I think that would be great. I would love to see Anna Kendrick in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And 
if she wants to, yeah, like you said, if she wants to play Squirrel Girl, if she has some passion for the character, that would just be such a home run. I mean, that's such that's such a, a likable, wonderful character who's had wonderful things done with her in the last few years. So if she wants to bring her considerable talent, then I would be happy with that. What about you? Do you have any other ones? Yeah, the one other, I, I actually want to jump across the street to uh, DC, which honestly I found even more difficult than Marvel because even though there's only been really a few DC cinematic efforts in the last few years, when you take into account the Arrowverse plus the animated offerings, plus uh, stuff that's like a DC Universe original, like a lot of characters have, have made their, their way onto the screen. But one who I, you know, you guys can correct me up on Twitter if I'm wrong, but I don't think, I think we have seen Donna Troy on Titans, but we have not, to my knowledge, seen the Cassie Sandsmark version of Wonder Girl anywhere yet. And that to me is probably my favorite version of Wonder Girl. And even though I don't watch the show regularly, I dipped out after the ways into the first season. Um, I was trying to think of like younger actors because obviously most of the shows and movies I watch right now are not populated by younger actors. But I know the cast of Riverdale is uh, not only super buzzworthy, but also pretty talented. And Lily Reinhart, who plays Betty, looks ah. like Cassie Sandsmark. Uh, she looks like she was born to play Wonder Girl. <laughs> and from what I remember of that show, uh, she's wholesome, but also has an edge to her. So I think that would be a really cool casting. I don't know if it's part of a Teen Titans movie. I don't know if it's a solo effort, but I would love to see uh, Lily Reinhardt as Wonder Girl. Right, two, two other ones that I want to throw out here uh, uh, from my list before we move on is... Uh, Brian Cranston has voiced in the past that he would love to play a villain in the MCU, and specifically, he wants to play Mr. Sinister. Which, I mean, obviously Mr. Sinister, I think throughout history, has been portrayed in a vast amount of ways. But he's also one of those one of those villains, you know, we talked last week about how there's just something about him that's just pure evil, right? Like, he has his own agenda and whatnot, but whenever you see him, he's just creepy and he's evil. And because he would probably be mostly CGI, uh, you know, really, Brian would only have to uh, lend his voice to the project. And, and I just know that that, that that is someone that I think they could really take to the next level with an actor of his caliber. And then the other one is, and it's something that I hope that we see soon, is I would love to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson cast as Namor. Ooh, that's awesome. Yes. I love that yes. casting. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. I mean, does, is there any conflict with the fact that he's already playing Black Adam? Uh, uh, well, Black Adam is DC, so I don't yeah. think so. We've had other actors that have like kind of gone you know, back and forth on sure. it, so I don't think so. Uh, I think that they I'll can make it, it work, for I'll sure, for it. sure. Coming up next, we're going to talk about characters that have already appeared on screen that we would love to see recast and we're gonna come up with those castings for you so if you have any of your own please do share them with us on twitter again that is checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter robbie underscore landis cp and ben j m-o-r-s-e we'll be right back hey what's up it's james and Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. 
interviews from the biggest professionals, and your everyday gamers, we've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP. Your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. Hey, what's up? I'm Robbie from Checkpoint XP. And I'm Jake from the Overwatch League casting team. And together, we're your hosts of the Owl's Nest. With the Overwatch League up and running again, we'll be bringing you all the latest from the league and within Overwatch. But it's important that we all do our part to flatten the curve by staying home during the COVID-19 outbreak. So stay home. Stay healthy. And we'll see you every Friday night on the Owl's Nest before the Overwatch League weekend. Check it out at the Checkpoint XP YouTube channel or at CheckpointXP.com. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for listening to The Other Identity. If you haven't already, while listening to this episode, specifically right now, pick your phone up, send a message to a friend, recommend that they should also download it. Maybe you can find that at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you find your podcast. Today, we're talking about live-action TV uh, remakes, uh, or remakes, um, portrayals of our favorite characters on the big and the small screen. We just got done doing some uh, fan castings of characters we'd like to see but haven't yet. And now I'd like to talk about characters that we have seen before but uh, could probably be done in in a better light. And uh, I'm going to start with an easy one right here. Uh, The only one of the Netflix Marvel shows that didn't quite hit the mark, we need a better Iron Fist. And uh, I'm going to go with... um, I was thinking Donnie Yen at first, but he's a little bit too old at this point. Um, but uh, there's another actor on Into the Badlands who played the main character there, Daniel Wu, who was phenomenal to watch in every episode. I think that he would make a killer Iron Fist. I like it. I like seeing a new uh, new take on Iron Fist. I feel like that was he's such a great character in uh, the TV series. You know, all due respect to the efforts they made, just didn't didn't land. So yeah, let's get. Let's get a true badass playing Iron Fist, and let's uh, let's let it shine. I like it. Um, my first one, I'm going to cheat a little <laughs> in that I don't have a specific casting. This is more a conceptual. Reason, okay. If, if you'll bear with me, is that one of my favorite comics from uh, the '80s? Uh, it's from before my time, but I went back and read it as an adult. Is without question Suicide Squad. Um, Suicide Squad is just it's it's a great distillation. It was ahead of its time. It was a look at bad guys putting complex situations, the idea that anyone could go at any time. But what I liked about uh, the Suicide Squad series from the 80s that was written by John Ostrander was it was very much a almost like military cat. It was like these guys were conscripted as soldiers. It was not the same as the Justice League. It was dark. It was gritty. I think the closest they've come to nailing it was the version of Suicide Squad they did on Arrow. But the big screen version of Suicide Squad, to me, was just, here's another superhero movie, uh, but these guys are supposed to be It was guys, DC trying to bank on the formula that created the Guardians of the Galaxies. 
Exactly. Here's a group of misfits, and they're so wacky and comedy. But family! <laughs> so what I want to see, um, and I, I here, I don't, have the, I don't have the cast for it, but I do have the platform, is that since we've got this deal with HBO Max, where they're doing more mature versions of DC properties, we've already seen they're going to do it with Green Lantern, give me an HBO Max Suicide Squad series. So that solves two things at once. Number one, it's serialized. So you don't have to worry about getting the entire story in in under two hours because I just don't think you can do that. And two, it allows the latitude for it to be less bright, happy superheroes and more dark, gritty black ops missions being undertaken by characters who have some potential to really grow. All right. No, that sounds good. I'm for that. Uh, here's, here's I think, uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm also going to kind of go big, too, and uh, I'm going to go a little bit further than just uh, than just one casting. And this is taken overall from just kind of social media and, and I think the greater nerdverse in general. A lot of these castings I'm going to throw at you uh, have been put out there before. There's been concept art done for them. I know that uh, Boss Logic, who does a lot of really, really awesome conceptual stuff for, like, you know, MCU and, like, real-life actors playing these characters, uh, has done several of these. But Marvel, for you, from all of us fans, I'm going to cast the Fantastic Four movie right now for you from top to bottom. John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. Dakri Montgomery as Johnny Storm. He played Billy in Stranger Things Season 3, if you don't recognize the name. John Cena as Ben Grimm. And Michael Fassbender as Doctor Doom. That was me giving you a standing <laughs> elevation. That's, uh, it's perfect casting. I have long championed this uh, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, teaming as Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman. I think it's perfect. I would, I, at this point, it's been put out in the universe so much whether it's them expressing interest or fans saying they're interested or, like you said, conceptual art. Like, it has to happen, right? Um, so that's that's a slam dunk to me. I don't watch Stranger Things, so I don't know the, the kids you cast for Human Torch, but I will trust you on that um, because most of your takes are pretty good. <laughs> uh, I love John Cena as Ben Grimm. Uh, John Cena is a movie star waiting to happen, so... Hooking him up there would be a great casting. And then I think maybe the best one you did, though, is Fastbender is Doom. That's perfect. Perfect. He's this beautiful but sinister man who we know can play a powerful comic book villain with a lot of depth. I, I, I love it. Yeah. So is there any other ones that you have uh, across any of them, whether it's uh, uh, MCU, DC, something outside of the realm of those two major ones? I do. I kind of touched on um, when we did our villains episode last week, the idea that I didn't think one of the few characters who I think Marvel Cinematic Universe did a disservice to is the Red Skull. Um, I don't think the Red Skull had a good shot when he was in Captain America, the first Avenger. It was kind of cool when he showed up in uh, Endgame, but that's neither here nor there. I want to see a revisiting of the Red Skull with a truly just evil, gross version being done. And I'm not going to stray far. I'm going to go right to, you know, what was one of the most prominent movies where the Nazis were the bad guys in the last 20 years would be Inglorious Bastards, who played the lead Nazi, Christoph Waltz. So I want to see Christoph Waltz as the Red Skull. It's not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. 
I'm literally going for the biggest layup I can find and saying that Christoph Waltz playing an evil Nazi would be something that I think uh, would send people home happy. That sounds great. Cool. Well, uh, guys, uh, that's it. That's us. Go ahead and, uh, yeah, uh, completely coming up with our own ideas, our own fast fan cast. This is some of my favorite stuff to do. Uh, you know, when it comes to these characters being portrayed up on the big screen, I love hearing what other people think. Um, and I feel like, you know, people are always coming up with, with, with casting and characters that I never would have fathomed myself. So please, guys, reach out to us on social media. Again, Checkpoint XP. Let us know what you think. Give us some of your favorite fan castings. And if we like some of them, they really blow our minds. We might read them next week uh, on the show. Speaking of, on last week's show, we had come up with our favorite villains, and we had talked about putting together a bracket for you guys to help us decide. Uh, we are still currently working on that. The uh, platform that we use here at Checkpoint XP is uh, a little bit on the fritz, so uh, we'll let you know when that's out, guys. But thanks for joining us. As always, we will see you next week. Same other identity channel, same other identity time. <laughs> BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. There are five country music superstars under 35 whose careers are skyrocketing. Several are major headliners selling out stadium shows all over the country. Text superstar to 45911 to see if Kelsey Ballerini made our list of young superstars at BackstageCountry.com. Text superstar to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com.